Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Welcome to Walk On Weekly with your hosts, Nebraska men's basketball players Sam Hoiberg and Jeff Grace III. This is Walk On Weekly, sponsored by the Scarlet Hotel. Welcome into Ticket Weeknights and welcome back to the Walk On Weekly. It's been a it's been a few weeks since we've had the full crew in here. Obviously, you guys have been come went in Spain, lots of traveling going on. So again, uh, it's good to get these guys back in studio. And if you want to join the show, starter Heyman text line 402-464-5685, as well as we're streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Allo channel 951. So again, plenty of ways to engage in the show. Uh, but nonetheless, we got Jeff Grace the third, Sam Hoiberg in here. How's it going, guys? It's been a minute. Oh, good. Not too bad. Just started practicing. Yeah. A little bit sore, but good vibes. Definitely sore. That's for sure. Yeah, okay. So where do you want to start? I think the last time we talked to you guys was before you took off for Spain. So maybe mm-hmm. we'll quick spend some time on Spain uh, and kind of figure out what that whole experience is like. Because I got to hear with from Romelo Jr. a little bit on Sundays what it was kind of like. Uh, but I'm curious your guys' experience. I really enjoyed it, honestly. Uh, Spain was like one of my first times. Uh, my actually second third time being out of the country but i've never been to like the europe side so it was pretty cool like the architecture uh how detailed it was and like the place we went to go see for touring was very cool mm-hmm. like the uh soccer stadium i think it was fc barcelona oh uh, you guys got to check yeah. out barcelona no, it was uh real madrid yeah real madrid. Oh, nice. real madrid yeah they're doing a ton it's of construction humongous, like and like to like imagine how many fans would like actually be in there like the the capacity of everything and like how just like it is on a normal basis is just crazy and like we they were like uh kind of like setting up for like next season i guess yep. so it was like pretty cool to see like all the workers and like what they do behind the scenes can you feel like the buzz of soccer when you went over there like is that a real because th- i know around here you can kind of feel the buzz of college football coming around nfl is there like a soccer buzz um you could definitely feel like there was a lot of people who actually were on the tour with us. Mm-hmm. So, like, they were, like, walking through everything we were walking through. And you can tell they were, like, huge fans because they had, like, the jerseys and everything. <laughs> and, like, they would, like, spend a lot more time than we did, like, just kind of, like, walking through everything. They'd yeah. actually, like, stop and watch the detail and, like, watch the uh, videos and everything they were, that they were showing. So, I would say, like, yeah, it's a big so- soccer yeah, I'm always I'm always curious because um, I don't know if you guys have been watching, but we have we have Messi over here right now, and there's like six mm-hmm. games he's like responsible for pretty much all the goals, and there's like yeah. 18 goals, something yeah. insane. He's insane. So I always kind of wonder because I see that talent difference between U.S. and Europe. Uh, but nonetheless, did you guys get quite a bit of time to tour and like look around in Italy, or was it pretty much get to work? No, it was a lot. Honestly, it was more vacation because we were there for like nine, ten days, and we played three games. There was there wasn't any practicing. It was basically mm-hmm. just kind of take it in and a lot of team bonding i think it was a really good trip for our team chemistry a lot of guys kind of came out of their shells and uh we all got a lot closer so i think that was one of the best parts about the trip and then yeah we got a tour we got to have free time so it was a lot of fun i mean just a really fun trip that we'll definitely remember for the rest of our lives and really thankful we get to do that stuff what about the food i'm sure you guys had to have some great food down there me and Sam actually had the seafood paella and a chicken paella. 
I thought the chicken one was a lot better than the seafood one. Do you like seafood or are you seafood guy? I like seafood. Okay. Yeah, um, they're the first. So we had a paella the first day. That's like their national dish. Yeah, Ramel Lloyd Jr. was on. He was talking about that. He loved it, apparently. Yeah, it, yeah it's really good. The first one we had was so good that it kind of ruined the rest of them for Because, <laughs> like, at different places, like, it tastes different and, like, people make it different. So, right, you got your different flavors. Yeah. My favorite thing, uh, food thing on the trip was the the hamon which is like there's a thinly sliced ham mm-hmm. and it's like really expensive to get in the states because it's like grown there but it's super cheap there and i was eating that every single day yeah. and <laughs> ham is t- on everything i took, <laughs> yeah, I took advantage of that ham over there but that stuff was unbelievable i did not know that so they got some premium ham premium if you're over ham. to italy yeah. you got to stop and get that ham no spain. doubt about it spain. <laughs> or spain excuse yeah. me i said italy um <laughs> nonetheless yeah there's my geography for you but we talked about that you guys talked about that first you only played three games but what was kind of getting to that first game like i know you can condition and you can work out all summer long um but you hop on that first basketball court you know first basketball game I, at least for me i get cotton mouth no matter how good a shape i'm in if i'm not playing basketball it's a different kind of conditioning. So what was kind of that like um, getting into that first game, just getting comfortable? I would say in, like, the beginning, it was definitely hard because, like, we hadn't played basketball in, like, three days. And also, like, we only had eight guys that were playing. Did you experience any trip. jet lag, too, for those first ones? Or were you pretty much, you know, adjusted well enough at that point? Um, I think a couple of people were experiencing some jet lag. Mm-hmm. Like, my sleep schedule is still kind of messed up till this day. Uh, but, I mean, the first couple of minutes were – pretty rough i would say like you're really gassed like just going up and down the court (laughs) um but like once you got a feel for it and like understood like kind of like the FIBA rules i would say and like how they play over there i would say you got adjusted pretty well uh everything became kind of natural you just had had to kind of go with the flow yeah and i want to ask you about those FIBA rules later but uh what was your kind of uh initial experiences playing over with some of those european guys i didn't play Okay, I've had, I've been dealing with the uh, some knee issues all summer. Okay, so I didn't play in Spain, but I definitely could see. Yeah, let's see. What does it look like from the bench when you were watching <laughs> that? Because Romel Lloyd Jr. said, uh, uh, "I'm gonna paraphrase him there a little bit here," but he said they were basically um, you weren't gonna get any calls thrown your way. Not at all. Yeah, the calls were that was they were bad, and uh, the guys were definitely really gassed. Like, mm. You could tell it was making a big difference. I think if we were in good shape, those games would have been blown out a little bit more but uh yeah i think once the guy from my point of view like that first game we weren't really adjusting to that kind of physicalities like they're not calling charges like you just got to kind of wall up and like you can play hard like you can foul on defense and it's gonna like you're gonna turn over on offense but you can force them to turn it over but we weren't really doing that like we're a big no foul team so we're playing like that and then the second game, the team was really physical, but we kind of matched their physicality, and some guys were, like, being real physical, like, <laughs> forcing turnovers that way, and we made some big plays with that physicality at the end that end up winning that second game. And then the third game, third game, the team wasn't great, but we just kind of – I think we had adjusted and just blew them out. Yeah, you know, when you're trying to go through that stuff, the way um, I was kind of hearing it is – you guys were still used to playing that Division One college basketball, and over there it was just you guys were playing two different games. That's kind of what it sounded like. So game two, uh, you kind of got that figured out. But in terms of talent, do you notice anything, you know, whether uh, watching it from the side or playing in the game, just schematic-wise, that was a little different than what you guys do, or is it purely just kind of the physicality that separates two styles? There's definitely a, a difference in, like, I feel like just knowledge of the game because 
when I came into college, I mean, I knew, I feel like I had a decent, like a good basketball IQ, but I didn't know schemes that well. Like it was kind of just play, go out there and play. Like you weren't right having m- many schemes in high school games, anyways. And uh, like these teams were just kind of thrown together. They weren't. They hadn't played together. They. I don't even know if they had practiced together. And they were out there running sets really well, like taking advantage of our defense. They just all knew those sets. Like for example, like they're spurring like doing a spur pass mm-hmm. on pick and rolls a lot because that's kind of how teams will try to take advantage of our defense and since we're not super they, at that point like we'd only had two months with those new guys to work right. on that defense so we weren't super sharp with that anyway so they were taking advantage of us with those schemes and they were all just really smart it seemed like they all knew they yeah. all had really high basketball IQs so I think that IQ difference they must teach it at a lot younger age than they do over here. That's kind of what I picked up from watching. So were those teams that you guys were playing, were those like – how were those teams put together? Are those um, like just regional teams that you guys were going up against? It was just pros from around the area, I Just think. pros and from they, around the area? Like okay. some – one guy played the first game, and then he drove on, – or he was on a train to Valencia the next two days later and played for that team. Like Okay, that's what I was trying to figure out because really I was looking teams. at who you guys were playing against, and I was having a real hard time yeah. trying yeah. to piece out the players and, and other every, than their pros. Like, Every team that, like, Drake played the Valencia All-Stars the night before us, and then it was almost like a completely new roster the next day. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't like we could scout them that well, and mm-hmm. they're putting random teams. Like, they could have been way better against us than they were versus Drake, for example. Or, like, Iowa played them the Valencia All-Stars a week later. It could have been a completely different team. So, those scores really just – they don't signify much over <laughs> yeah. there. Cause different roster. Everyone's about playing different teams over there. Well, what about you? Did you notice anything? Um you know, he kind of mentioned in the pro style, which makes sense. You'd imagine that those guys at that level, a little more geared to taking a, what do I want to say, taking advantage of mismatches. But do you notice anything when you were playing schematic wise? Definitely the IQ. Uh, like some of the finishes they have are crazy. Like just what do you mean how, like, finishes? Just how like they spin the ball and like it would go in. Oh, okay. And then also like the passing, where like, like the, how the defense we play like. I don't know, their passes were, like, some of them were just on point where, like, you just had to, like, give a highly contest, and, like, sometimes they'd make the shot. Mm-hmm. So Really good shooters. Yeah. So it'd be, like, it was something eye-opening for sure because you always hear about it, but then, like, when you actually do it, it's very, like, eye-opening because, like, you're not really used to it. But then, like, once you get used to it, I would say, I think we did a pretty good job, like, changing how, like, going through the uh, plays before, so like everyone would know what was what was happening, but like sometimes they'd like change it up and like uh, draw something up differently, and like adjust to what we were doing. So I would say definitely the high IQ, like Sam said. Yeah, and I'm always curious because again, I, we we talk about this all the time, but trying to figure out the difference between European ball and U.S. ball, um, I definitely feel like them leaning into that pro style a little earlier is, could be advantageous for them. Uh, but we'll we'll see. We still got quite a few players in the NBA. We talk about time, Jaws, Zion, see how those guys turn out, but definitely a lot of European guys dominating as well. But we also talked about before we got going here, uh, if you guys were watching the FIBA World Cup at all, and uh, obviously, have you guys kept your eyes on Casey on his, yeah, his I've performance? Been, I've been waking up early to watch his games, <laughs> and I'm telling you that when they played Finland, that was they got down 18, Casey got put in the game, and he just started hitting tough threes, Got it, the game got back down to 10, he hit two more tough ones in the fourth quarter and he's getting deflections mm-hmm. like being really active and then this little five six five seven at most guy on his team just gets on fire his name is yuki kawamura mm-hmm. i believe 
I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I, I know what you're talking yeah. about, though. Um, but he had just hit these clutch shots. He was doing these scoop layups over Lowry Markinen. It was crazy. And the whole – I mean, there were people crying in the crowd. It was it was yeah. really cool to watch. This first European team they've ever beat. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. see that. That's the first European team they've ever it, beat. I think, yeah, they said it ever. So, yeah. that's it incredible. was a huge win for them. And then Casey and that Yuki kid, are they're both 22. So, <laughs> they're, they're like the future of that team. And people are really excited about them. He didn't play great today, but mm-hmm. – He's playing NBA players, so yeah, that was a tough game for him. That's what I was kind of surprised about. You mentioned it, but uh, you know, obviously, he's a fan favorite here in Nebraska, and he's got a big following. Um, it, it just kind of felt like, man, that is everyone was watching him when he stepped on the court. It kind of felt like, you know, I don't want to say his team because it's a little bit arrogant to say, but it definitely felt like when he was on the court, you could feel the entire crowd shift, like that energy. They feel really good when he's on the court. Uh, what about you? Have you been able to watch um, Casey at all? I've been keeping up with it, I would say. Not as much as Sam, but mm-hmm. uh, I've been trying my best, too. Uh, I would just say I've, like, seen, like, a couple of highlights here and there. And, like Sam said, the 5-6 dude who uh, made, like, the game-winning shot kind of, like, to help them win the game versus overallowing marketing, and that was pretty impressive. Uh, so I've been trying to keep up with it, try my best. Yeah. But, I mean, it's kind of hard with the time zone difference. Yeah, it was this. I mean, I'll be honest. For a lot of these World Cup games, these are ones where it's a big YouTube fees for me. I don't have mm-hmm. the dedication to get up as early as Sam does. And as much as I love watching Kese <laughs> dominate, um, that's that's an early wake up call. We got a little bit of time here left. You know, we're talking about the World Cup. You know, are, are you guys surprised at all? You know, with the U.S. and their performance, they did take a loss um, on the 26th to Brazil, 83 to 76. But other than that, performance wise, uh, you know, I guess. I'm a little surprised for how well they've been playing. Uh, I guess one biggest question I want to ask you guys is, have you been following the U.S. and their roster, and then are you surprised at all um, on any of their losses? Well, I shouldn't say any of their losses, just the one at the very end there to Brazil. Yeah, I I think that well, when I saw the roster, I, I really liked it from the beginning. I th- it obviously isn't like the biggest names we could have got, but uh, – I felt like it was a bunch of guys that weren't really selfish and they kind of fit together. I feel like they did a really good job piecing guys that could play well together. And I'm not very surprised by their success. I mean, they're all NBA players at a high level. And mm-hmm. Austin Reeves has surprised me a little bit. I always really liked him, but I didn't know he'd be this good on Team USA with all these other stars. But uh, I didn't know that they lost to Brazil. So that, yeah, does, that does surprise me. Yeah, that's uh, that was the last one right there. So I was just that was on the twenty six, which surprised me as well. But um, yeah, again, Reeves is a guy that's surprising me. What's what do you think his ceiling is? Because when he first played for the Lakers, he really started popping off, and um, I want to say he got a little bit of like the Alex Caruso treatment. He was kind of everyone's favorite role player. Uh, what do you think his ceiling is? You know, next season with the Lakers, are you expecting to see even more contributions for him? Are you kind of expecting that same level of progression, um, considering he's still sitting with LeBron James and Anthony Davis? Um, I would say even more because those guys are kind of getting older now. Mm-hmm. So, like, they kind of have to, like, pass it on to the young star. I How guess. much more, though? Like, can you see him realistically averaging, you know, upwards to – I'll put him at 18 points a game. Is that a realistic number for him next season? i say he has hopes for it, for sure. Um, just the way, like, I guess he, like – prepares I guess uh with everything and like how young he is and wants to just compete and get better uh you've always seen like slight uh glimpses of it in mm-hmm. college so I I would say 18 it sounds about right okay I'm not as high I, I I like Austin Reeves but 
offensively, I, I don't know if I'm there yet. If he keeps getting to the free throw line, you know, I should, I might have to roll that back. His free throw line yeah. is ridiculous. Well, you got to also think about the team around him, mm-hmm. with like the players. So like, it's either going to LeBron, AD, him. And, That's what you know. Like, he does have a D'Angelo chance Russell to be that now. real yeah. kind of three. Because when D'Angelo Russell goes on those cold streaks, I think he's going to be the three. But there's definitely stretches where it just seems like it shifts to Austin Reeves, especially mm-hmm. in the playoffs. You saw that a lot where it felt weird. They kept going away from Reeves when he was the guy producing in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Sam? What do you think about his production for next season? I think he's going to be the number three guy. Really? I'm, I'm Over also, Russell? Not a D'Angelo Russell fan. Okay. I, I've, uh, I'm kind of there with you. His consistency has always thrown me off. Yeah. Just th- bad shots. Good player, bad shots. But I think, I think he's really skilled and I think people – underrate his passing ability too he's just Mm -hmm. i think he's just a really really solid player and then with how he's playing now he's gonna have a huge confidence leap i feel like you see that with guys that play really well in the summertime with these foreign trips or whatever the like world cup type games Mm -hmm. some guys will come out with a lot of confidence after that and i i think that's gonna happen with him i i could see him I could definitely see him getting 18 a game this year. That that's the number I had in my head when you were think, when you were asking that question. Yeah. I could I think 18 is a good number for him to get to and I could definitely see him averaging around that. Does that make an impact though for those guys for the Lakers in the Western Conference? Is yeah. that like if if Austin Reeves is truly becoming that guy and he's scoring 18 points, you know, what does that mean for the Lakers? They still need to make moves or is that realistic to possibly challenge the Nuggets, uh, Suns if you're thinking those guys are Warriors? I mean, it helps him a lot more because, as you can see, like, nowadays, like, people have, like, three people that are, like, stars pretty much. So, like, it helps them. And so, like, they don't have to do much of the work. Mm-hmm. And it allows them kind of, like, to lay back and, like, use it when they need it pretty much. Uh, so, uh, going against those teams, I think it will help a lot. But uh, I think they're still going to have some troubles with uh, the team around them. But I think how they're going to do it is go into the season how they did last year, kind of scope it out, see how mm-hmm. it goes, and then go from there if they need to make changes. If not, then keep it how it is. Do they still have Rui Hachimura? They do. They do? Yeah, okay, they do. yeah. That's a, that's a good pickup. Yeah, I don't think those guys are going to make uh, any big waves unless they get another big trade in there. I yeah. just think – I really think we're looking dead in the eye at a Nuggets dynasty if they stay I healthy. Agree. Like, I, I'm that I'm I don't that see the, on them. I don't see the Lakers challenging them with this roster and – Honestly, if Reeves can get more than 18 a game, like up to 20, if he can play at a almost all-star level, which is obviously I'm not saying that's going to happen, yeah. that I think is what's going to be need, needing to happen if they get to that level. Okay. And I just am curious to see how LeBron will be this year. I, I don't see him slowing down a ton, but I feel like he's going to keep changing his game into more of a passer – and he's going to accept that more third, fourth scoring role because he did that a bit in the playoffs this year. Like, yeah. He didn't take a shot in the first quarter in a couple of the games. Like He's starting to kind of accept that. and I feel like he always changes his game for the better. You think back to Miami when he, he said he's going to stop shooting threes after they lost to the Mavs and then they went two straight championships. Mm-hmm. So I think he's just such a smart player. He's going to figure something out to still be extremely effective. But – that Nuggets seems so good. Yeah, so. that's what I was asking because, I, you know, when you're talking about the Lakers, I, I the reason I want to dive into this is mainly just if there's any teams that you guys are thinking that could possibly sneak up on the Nuggets. We'll save that one for the next segment. But, yeah, because Austin Reeves, you know, if you're going to be realistic, 
whether it's him or someone else on the roster, they'd have to be all-star level. I just think that's how good the Nuggets are right now, um, especially if no one gets injured. But, again, if you guys want to join the show, Sardar Heyman text line 402-464-5685, as well as we're streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Allo Channel 951. Uh, and keep in mind, we do have the Royals switching over at 630. So, again, if you want to stay plugged into the show, um, watch us on the streams: Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Allo Channel 951. But I'll ask you guys, before we go to break here, who in the Western Conference of the NBA um, is kind of getting slept on and might have a chance to possibly upset some of the favorites like the Nuggets, Suns, or Warriors? With that being said, we'll go ahead and throw it to break. This is Walk On Weekly. We got Jeff Grace III, Sam Hoiberg across the table. I'm Harrison. We'll catch you guys on the other side.